It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And good evening, everybody. It is uh, Sunday night. It's 8 o'clock. And it is time for episode, what do we got here? Episode 234 of the Ron and Brian podcast. Brian, how are you this evening, my friend? I am doing great. Um, It is Sunday. It is episode 234. I would like to start off right now with an apology um, that I would like to issue to you, Ron. Really? As well as also all of our listeners and viewers. Um, After last week's episode, I... uh, I woke up the following morning and I wasn't feeling so great. Really? I, 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 I've, I've felt better. Um, and a couple people, uh, you know, friends of the show, um, reached out to me and said, hey, um, how are you doing today? You, 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 you're, you, you seem to be kind of in rough shape yesterday. I went back and I watched the podcast. I watched all of it. Um, and I was not proud of my behavior. I was not proud of some of the things I had said. I was not proud of the way I had behaved. I, I feel I owe you an apology for not, not being 100% clear in mind, body, and spirit. Right. Um, to the people who are um, Patreons who watched our uh, After Dark um, show, um, you know, I feel, um, I feel I owe you everything short of a full refund. Um, because you won't be getting that. But um, right, you do right, right. get a heart, a heartfelt apology. Um, so this week I will, um, I'm on my best behavior. I will be um, drinking. Ron, mm. are, you, are you thirsty? I'm just, I have, I'm having some coffee. You know, it's a little chilly night here in the Northeast. So that seems to be a new mug I see you with. Um, Is it? I don't know. I don't recognize it. It's not nope. a mug you normally seem to use. Uh, well, I did. You know, you got me thinking, Brian. And I love it when you stir the creative juices within me. Um, your uh, your lapel pin um, was just you know I really thought it uh, it was it was thought out well. Uh, so I uh, took a picture of yourself that uh, you had sent to me that I turned into a meme between the the group of us and uh, turned it into a coffee mug. Uh, I also splurged. I got it on both sides. So whether you're mm. left handed or right-handed, um, you're gonna see Brian's beautiful mug on this mug. So um, we're gonna we're gonna do some test uh, test audiences, um, sure. see how they like it. Um, I think we can we can really do a whole Brian glassware set. I'm thinking about ordering uh, some special uh, Pilsner glasses, things of that nature, um, with your photo on it. So uh, keep an eye out at RonAndBrianPodcast.com. Uh, if we do roll those out, they'll be on the web store. Sure. Can we see a little? Um, can we see it up close? I mean, if you want it up close, this is me kind of yeah, trash. What does it? What does it actually say there? It says Ron's so much better at Wordle than me uh, because you tend to cry a lot uh, when I beat you at Wordle on an ongoing basis. You beat me uh, regularly. Today was um, a tie, so kudos to you, my friend. It's very rare that we tie. It's incredibly rare. I mean, I'll teach you my uh, my uh, my tricks of the trade someday if you'd like. I don't, I know, I do not want to know. Well, obviously the tricks of your trade is that you open up a browser on your phone (laughs) in Safari where you've logged in as, you know, a test account. You play Wordle, you probably go through a couple um, uh, uh, losing accounts until you get the word right. Then you take it back to your phone where you play it, um, where knowing what the word is, you work backwards so that somehow miraculously you you come in at three out of six. which is uh, bullshit, if you ask me. And this is why that face comes up so often. Brian, it's uh, my little tip to you. It's more about the letters that aren't in the word than are in the word. The fuck does that mean? <laughs> There's so. 26 letters of the alphabet. Five of them are in the word. Correct. Sometimes four, if it's, you know, they duplicate. Like today's word was happy. Two Ps. Right. And somehow you miraculously um, always seem to get this word correct. Listen, I, I'm on a streak again. I got, I got to be all right. my, my all-time streak. Anyway, Listen, we're, uh, we're getting off topic. This is not Ron here. and Brian Wordle podcast of the week. But um, uh, people, we are, uh, we're, all, we're, we're still about Wordle because Ron cannot lose. But <laughs> nice mug. 
Nice Thank mug you. very much, people. Um, right. Also, I would like to um, announce that the Ron pins have already sold out. We are going back for a second um, for a second printing. I mean, they're going off the shelves. They are a hot item, so I appreciate everyone uh, loving this face as much as they do and uh, wanting to wear it on their lapel. So appreciate it. All right, should we get into things, Brian? Uh, yeah. All right, let's get it rolling. It's time for Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. Nazdrovia. Salud. Drink of the Week. Drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the now, week. Now, I was I was a little hesitant to do the segment this week after your behavior last week, but uh, you have assured us that there will not be a repeat, so I will ask you with extreme caution, Brian, what are you drinking this week? Water. Yep. Absolutely water. Just kidding, people. I am drinking... From our good friends over at Japas, hold on, I'm going to butcher this name, Japas Savaharia, I'm drinking Sawa Peach. With the typical acidity of the style, light and refreshing, Sawa is the translation of sour in Japanese. In this version of Sawa, Japas Savaharia chose to add an additional generous amount of peach. Grown in Brazil and Japan, the fruit has a striking, light acidity, sweetness, and unmistakable flavor, being a perfect addition to the recipe. Ron, this right here, look at this beauty. All I mean, it's a nice, clear, like it's exactly how you would want it to look. Ron, this is the color of my pee when I wake up <laughs> in the morning at about 3 a.m. This is a sour ale with peach. Ron, I'm about to take a sip. Wish me luck. I mean, it's kind of a light beer for the winter, but um, I liked where you're going with this. You know me. I don't hit stouts until at least April. Okay. How is it? Very refreshing. It almost tastes like a um, an alcoholic soda. Hmm. There, there's very much, there's, there's very heavy peach flavor um, in there. Um, so there, there's a sweetness to it. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not bitter at all. Uh, you know me, I love a sour. Yes. Any kind of sour I'm all over, regardless of the time of year. Right. So, um, by the way, Janelle, that's wrong. That's not right. I, it's, I, it's not that I don't love you. I do love you. It's Patreon that doesn't love you because, um, Janelle did not get the, um, the, uh, after dark and this is a pajama party people. So, uh, we'll talk about it in the second half of the show as to why people should join our Patreon. Ron. Yes. What are you drinking? Uh, so, Brian, as the uh, as the Santa cap on our banner above tells you, we are now deep into the holiday season now that Thanksgiving is in our rearview mirror. So we are drinking local. We are drinking holiday beers. And so today uh, we're going with Pennsylvania's own Victory Brewing, their Merry Monkey Beer from their Monkey Series of Brews. This is a Belgian-style ale with cranberry, orange peel, cinnamon, and nutmeg. Brian... This is clocking in at a solid 10%. I'm going to be like you by the time uh, After Dark rolls around. Look at That's that fine. hue. Oh, it just looks like Christmas, doesn't it, Brian? Yes. How good? How good is that? Ron, I want... Oh, so tasty. I mean, you really... This is one of their better better beers. You get the cranberry. Uh, you get the cinnamon. Uh, is definitely everything you want to have in a festive holiday beer. So uh, kudos to Victory. Merry Monkey well, Beer. Walk me through the different, what are the flavors you're getting? I mean, again, I'm getting the cranberry. I'm getting the mm -hmm. cinnamon. I'm now getting a little bit of the orange peel in the back end of things. Um, it's just, again, it's just a delicious beer. And it's 10%. Uh, so that means you'll get Sloppy Ron at the After Dark. Now, how good is Sloppy Ron? We love Sloppy Ron. We all do. We, you know, if there's something, if it's my gift to everybody this holiday season, uh, it'll be Sloppy Ron. Ooh, now I can't think of a better gift. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. No? I don't know. Who Hello? knows? Hello? Can you hear me? Are you there, Ron? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, for a second there, you just uh, tapped out. I mean, right. the, one thing about, the one thing about this podcast, people, is I want you to know it's live. You know, um, a lot of podcasts would have edited that. A lot of <laughs> podcasts would, would um, record in advance and then cut out, um, you know, some of the uh, you know, awkward silences. 
or um, when the uh, the 49% uh, co-host um, starts slurring his words and somehow goes off onto a tangent of sucking toes. Um, I was not proud of that conversation, Ron. Uh, nor um, should you have been. No, 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 no. I was embarrassed, especially when we got to After Dark, where we started talking about the time that I was in college and was penetrated um, rectally by, a, uh, you know, a, a, a homeless man's toe. Um, I mean, I, these are things I Let's should never have talked about. Put a pin in that and move on to B for the week. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. Brian, what's uh, what's bothering you today? Oh, um, what's bothering me today is something that, um, you know, it's I wouldn't say that it's bothering me today so much as something that really was bothering me on Thursday. Okay. And Wednesday also. Um, and what it really was, was the number of people, and then it, it seems to be growing every year, who get, who feel the need to go onto social media to brag about how they're not celebrating Thanksgiving this year, how they are um, not going to celebrate Christopher Columbus stealing um, uh, uh, this land from the Native Americans how this has absolutely nothing um, uh, uh, to do with, uh, you know, uh, family or whatnot. Um, people who uh, uh, feel the need to post on social media um, photos of what they're eating, McDonald's, uh, you know, uh, their anti-Thanksgiving dinner, talking about how, you know, uh, uh, turkeys, you know, uh, shouldn't be raised to be slaughtered so we can celebrate in front, you know, eating a, a you know, a burnt carcass, um, just the people who seem to be really, um, uh, uh, what's what I'm thinking of, um, embracing this holier than thou attitude that, you know, as if you're not cool if you're celebrating with your family, that, um, you know, this isn't a day that you um, uh, should be able to appreciate and love because, um, you know, uh, you know, this, you know, it doesn't meet other people's moral uh, standards for uh, uh, reasons for us to, uh, you know, uh, uh, have warm wishes for the day. Um, and it just it's it just pissed me off that my feed was filled with with so many of those types of people. I understand. Um, and I agree with you. It's uh, it seems like uh, you should be spending time with the family, not determining what you compose for clout. And my thing is this, if you want to if not spend time with your family, because people have different um, familial dynamics. Right. Some people hate their family. Some people grew up with toxic families and, um, you know, sp you know, spending a day with their family and extended family is just, you know, emotionally upsetting to them. That's fine. But don't shit on me because I spent Thanksgiving with with people that I, I, I hold near and dear um, to my heart like that. Like, don't make it. Don't make it about how my Thanksgiving is shit because you don't agree with with what it represents to me. You uh, you want to bring you want to be a source of good in the world is what you're saying. Listen, it's you know, there's so much bad in this world, you know, uh, to, to sit there for for one day um, with loved ones and just, you know, uh, uh, be happy. I don't see anything wrong with that. All right. I would agree with you on that. Ron. Yes. What are you drinking? I think we're uh, on to beef of the week, my friend. We're on the beef of the week, Ron. What's bothering you? Uh, my beef uh, today is with FedEx. I know I've complained about FedEx before. Not uh, again. You again. Know, this is this is this is like the uh, five timers club on Saturday Night <laughs> Live. Like this is this is they, FedEx has just put on their three time velvet jacket. So you know it's a uh, it's a rainy day out in the in the Northeast today, Brian. And uh, I mean normally again. I'm used to FedEx just leaving packages out on the sidewalk, not putting them in the covered vestibule we have out front. Sure. Um, so this time I saw uh, my ring camera picked up on the FedEx guy coming up the walk. I said, all right, I'm going to grab this because I know he's not putting it inside. So I literally caught it right as he put it down on the step, picked it up, brought it inside. Even though uh, he only carried it from the truck to the front door, still sopping wet. Like, I feel like my box rode on top of the truck to my house. It was absolutely insane. So strange. I, uh, it's, it's almost like people don't care anymore. Brian, people don't want to work. That's what's going on. Well, I think it's so difficult. Um, 
and uh, you just got to be happy with what you get. I guess so. I mean, again, it's it's a minor beef. It's a first world problem, but it's my beef this week. Well, um, it's a legitimate. May I ask what was in the box? Uh, it was uh, shampoo and conditioner. What shampoo and conditioner do you use, or was this for the uh, for Mrs. Ron? Uh, this is for me. I use a uh, I use a dry scalp uh, shampoo and conditioner. You're not going to name the brand. Uh, it's Nazordal. Whoa, that is, is that? <laughs> I'm is not that sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but is that pharmaceutical shampoo? Because that's I, it's, I, it's it's over the counter. It's it's the it's the next step below uh, prescription shampoo. And because I was at um, I was at Dwayne Reed earlier, which is you? You know, brought, to, brought to you by Walgreens. Um, I was looking at shampoo when I picked up Perk Plus because I'm a strong believer that um, I should be able to combine um, uh, shampoo and conditioner and just really put it on once. I mean, I did not see any um, uh, Nardwall uh, uh, brand <laughs> conditioner. So I'm trying to understand where where are you obtaining this uh, uh, type of stuff from? That I get on Amazon. Now, isn't your beef really your flaky scalp? I mean, it, it's a constant ongoing beef, my dry skin. Well, it is Reagan's fault. I it mean, is. You had luscious, um, you know, uh, 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 soft, uh, moist skin prior to 1980. True. We all um, remember. And I, I don't, I don't want to fly by Allie's comment here when, uh, when you mentioned that you somehow went off on a tangent. Uh, she said, uh, Brian somehow stays on topic would be amazing. Hurtful and yet poignant at the same time. Hold on. My name's not there. Somehow stays <laughs> on topic would be amazing. Maybe she's talking about you, Ron. Maybe. The show in general. Why do you feel that that's somehow supposedly on me? I don't know. It's uh, it's uh, it's just a feeling. Just a feeling deep down in my gut. Okay. That right? hurts. I'm sorry. That hurts a lot, Ron. While we're talking about it, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, how was your Thanksgiving? Um, my Thanksgiving was good. We had a chance to uh, we had a chance to see my in-laws. Uh, we had a chance to see my wife's extended family, uh, have a meal with them, uh, watch some football, um, and uh, it was uh, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. Had a nice meal. Uh, came home, relaxed, uh, watched a little TV, and then had a had a, got an early night snooze. How was your Thanksgiving? Lovely. We'll get to mine in a moment. <laughs> okay. What, what, only because I, you know me, I love I love I love getting into the details of a story. Sure. Um, walk me through your Thanksgiving plate. My Thanksgiving plate. Um, now so I'm imagining you bring your own plate. I imagine you have a Thanksgiving <laughs> themed plate that you purchased probably 18 years ago. You use it every year on Thanksgiving. It has separate compartments on the you plate. Are, you are incorrect in that. I, I use whatever plate was at my place setting. Uh, okay. Everybody everybody brings uh, some dishes to the, the family meal, but I had, I had turkey, uh, gravy, mashed potatoes, uh, regular stuffing, cornbread stuffing, um, a roll, some homemade cranberry sauce. Um, I think that's about it. What um what was the dish that you and the wife brought? Uh, so I made an appetizer. I made uh, cranberry brie puffs. Cranberry brie puffs. So what is that inside? Like a little um. So it's a little uh, puff pastry cup with a little brie and a little cranberry and a little pistachio on top. Ooh, very tasty. I'm very pleased with the way it came out. That sounds good. Yeah. This year, thank you for asking, Ron. I did. I did. Brian. Yeah. Brian made a turkey. Mm. A full turkey or a turkey breast? Ron, if I said if I if I made a turkey breast, I would be telling you how I made a turkey breast. All right, my No, friend. this year, um, you know, all the stories, you know, all over um, you know, the media, um, mainstream media, you know, they lie to you um about how Thanksgiving dinner was gonna be so much more expensive this year right. than in previous years. Um Brian decided that instead of buying a butterball, instead of buying, you know, nature's harvest turkey, no. You know what Brian did? Brian went to the mothership of all um, inflationary um, uh, priced items. Brian went to Whole Foods and bought himself a fresh young turkey. Mm. Not trying to turn you on, Ron. Take it down a notch. <laughs> okay. Talking about my turkey. Right. It was, I, I, I bought a, uh, uh, it wasn't frozen. It was cold. Mm -hmm. Not frozen. Okay. Uh, bought a turkey. Um, basically uh, took uh, some olive oil, 
uh, put some rosemary, some thyme, some sage, a little garlic powder, some onion powder. M made a nice little, uh, 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 what's the word I'm thinking of? I made a roux Ooh, out of it. Fancy. No. Then, then what I did was stuffed it into the breast underneath the skin. And I'm going to tell you something. That shit's my specialty. Getting my <laughs> getting getting the fingers between the skin sliding over the breast. I mean, at one point I looked over at the lady as I was preparing this turkey, and I said to her, you know, this could be you, but you playing. You playing, woman. And she looked at me with utter disgust and left the room. Um You should be so used I to that it, by now. Oh, she does it at least 14 times a day. So uh, uh, put that little mixture over um, uh, the breast meat. I then on the outside applied a, a generous layer, cooked that in a, um, in a one of those little tin disposable pans Good with um, onion, celery, carrots. The trinity. Um, a little bit, a little bit of water just to start it off and then basted this motherfucker for uh, about three hours. And um, I'm not going to brag, but I'm going to tell you something, Ron. I ate that dinner so good. Then I had re uh, 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 a reheated Thanksgiving dinner on Friday. Oh, those are the best. And then I had another plate of it Saturday. That nice. was just, there was so many leftovers. And it was delicious. Kudos. Um, Kudos to you, sir. I, so I made my turkey. Um, okay. Whole Foods provided um, uh, most of the sides. Not all. We did cook some of the sides. Um, I did leave out that my sister and her eldest... Um, came down. So it was the four nice. of us for Thanksgiving. Just a lovely day. Family affair. Um, absolutely. Kept it small, but at the same time, uh, kept to the people that mean the most to me. Um, so what did we have? We had mashed potatoes. We had stuffing. Uh, we had uh, uh, cream spinach, which was Ooh. delicious. Just put a little salt on it. Sure. Whole Foods does not believe in salt, apparently. They don't. They're not a seasoning um, kind of place. Cranberry sauce. They, well, it's very white. And we know white people yeah. do not believe in seasoning. Um. And uh, I'm leaving out a bunch of stuff. The lady made homemade bread, Ooh. which was absolutely delicious. Love homemade bread. Um, uh, then I, I, uh, I grilled up some asparagus with some olive oil and some garlic. So you came to play. You brought, oh, the yeah. a, you brought the A game, not the B game, not the C game. Thanksgiving is the one time of the year where I am perfectly fine spending the day in the kitchen either um, durying dishes uh, while, while, while making food or or, uh, or washing them. Um, I, I think I ran my dishwasher three times on Thanksgiving. Well, I I, I would uh, I would have brought my own plate with the compartments to your for dinner without it. You day. know what? One year, <laughs> one year, maybe next year. I don't know. Maybe we do a run and Brian Thanksgiving. That, that touches my heart, warms the cockles of my heart. Thank you. Um, moving on, Ron. I feel like we. Um, I'm well, we're, we, we don't want to forget. We don't want to forget our NFL locks of the week, Brian. Oh, why would we? How could we forget them? I mean, exactly. Like we are. Um, you know, people literally say that they follow this show just to, just so that they have an understanding of who to bet for. There you go. So let's not. Uh, you know, uh, Matt will get upset if we don't play the bumpers. So. Sure. <laughs> Locks. All right, Brian. I got to tell you, there was there was a period of time here today that I thought we were going to see something that we have not seen since the beginning of that podcast, sure. and that was you um, missing one of your locks of the week. You took Las Vegas plus three and a half against the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle was holding a seven point lead um, late in the game. I called you. You said. Are you nervous? You said, Ron, I'm not a bitch, so I'm not nervous. And sure enough, a uh, couple minutes left, Las Vegas ties the game with a touchdown and then wins the game outright um, yeah. in overtime, 40 to 34. And then you picked one of the Thanksgiving games also. You mm -hmm. took Vikings minus three against the Patriots. Uh, Minnesota covers easily 33 to 26. Um, you stay perfect on the year, uh, a solid 24-0. My apologies for ever doubting you, and, and kudos on another uh, fantastic week of picks. Listen, it was, um, you know, I think that when when I made my pick of the Raiders of the Seahawks last week, I remember you specifically calling me out, asking me if I was sure, offering me the opportunity to change sides, offering me um, the uh, ability to uh, to rethink and I didn't budge. I didn't nope. waver. I you knew did exactly not. what I was doing. 
Um, so I was really proud of myself for holding my ground um, and uh, going 2-0. But I'm going to tell you something. Um, if there's... It, I this should be in the Guinness Book of World's Records, the no. string that I am on, except for one thing. And that What's is that? the fact that I'm only doing this just to keep up with you. You yourself, Ron, another two and a week. You are now 24 and oh, 12 straight weeks undefeated in your locks of the week. This past week, um, you saw that the Lions were getting 10 against Buffalo. You said, listen. Buffalo may win, but they are not going to win by 10. Buffalo wins by only three. Uh, so you took that game on Thanksgiving. Then you saw the Dolphins laying 12 over the Texans. You said, this is not going to be that close. Dolphins win by 15, 30 to 15. Ron, you are 24-0. How does it feel? I mean, it feels good to just be able to keep pace uh, with what you're bringing to the table. So. Listen, this is this is um, cutthroat. Eventually, one of us is going to have to lose. Um, when when one of us does lose, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, people will people will be shocked. Um, yeah, listen, it's a lot of pressure, so it's it's a, it's a bittersweet end when that does come. But Brian, who do you like next weekend, week thirteen oh. of the NFL season? Next week, Bills minus five and a half at the Patriots. We saw what the Bills were capable of. Um, I feel like they didn't bring their A game against Detroit. They will this week. Um, Belichick is literally coaching a team um, that's being held together by Band-Aids. Bills easily roll over New England. Also, the New Jersey Jets, they are not New York. They are New Jersey. Looked good this week, but they will absolutely crumble against the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings minus three and a half. I say you lay those points. Bills minus five and a half. Lay them also. All right. Um, I like a couple of road teams next weekend. Kansas City is at Cincinnati. Kansas City minus three. Love the line. And then uh, in Houston, Cleveland Browns roll in. Uh, Deshaun Watson, done with his suspension, eligible for play, means two things. Defenses should be scared, and masseuses in the Houston area should be scared. Cleveland minus six and a half. Uh, Take the Browns minus the points. Those are our locks of the week. All right. Uh, I don't speaking know why of clapping, I don't know. Speaking of sports, Brian, uh, World Cup has been going on. Have you been following uh, the rest of the world's version of football over the past week? Ron, I'm going to say that I have I have had a twenty five dollar bet on every game so far of this World Cup. It will increase to the point of one hundred dollars, maybe two hundred on the final game. Um, I am watching as many um, hours of this World Cup as I possibly can. The only thing that is holding me back from almost um, putting in uh, eight to uh, uh, twelve hours of uh, football um, every day is the fact that the time difference between Qatar. I will not call it Qatar. (laughs) I will not. uh, No, this is America. And in America, we pronounce things the way Americans do. So it's Qatar. Um, Is the fact that the time difference between here and there is so drastic that the first games start at 5 a.m. New York time. You know, I'm broadcasting here from New York. um, So that by 5 a.m., uh, is the first game, 8 o'clock the second, 11 a.m. is the third game, and the last game is at 2 p.m. That, uh, you know, there's only so many, uh, you know, mornings. I'm willing to wake up at 5 a.m. to watch Costa Rica take on Morocco. All right. Uh, Tuesday apparently is the big game. Uh, Hold on. With, the, yes. No. No, 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 no. Tuesday was not the big game. No, I'm kind of saying this upcoming Friday, Tuesday. Friday was the big game when America – the United States of America took on our longtime foe, what once was our father, what once was our mother, but now has been relegated to our drunk cousin who shows up to the table, drinks too much, and throws up in their lap. America, USA, took on England in what was considered a four to one underdog, USA not given a chance by any soccer aficionados in the world. USA won the game zero to zero (laughs) in a tie that basically said to to the world, England, not so good. America, very good. 
And then America plays Iran on Ooh. Tuesday with the winner advancing to the round of 16. I assume you will be glued uh, to the screen for that one. Of course. You know who else will be glued are all the protesters in Tehran who are being literally tortured right now by the um, mullahs uh, police force um, for protesting against um, basically any type of human right that Iran does not have. And speaking of Iran, so far away. Bad joke. God damn it. I thought that was going to I thought that was going <laughs> to hit. Uh, lots of protests. I've heard uh, China protesting scenes of unmasked fans in the stands. So now uh, sure. Chinese TV networks are only showing uh, cuts off the field to the sideline and to the broadcast booth. Um, also, uh, obviously, uh, a lot of people. Uh, well, hold, on, yes. hold on. So China is not showing the fans because they don't want to show people without wearing masks. So apparently there was such uh, so many complaints from the Chinese viewing public of seeing shots in the uh, of the uh, the fans not being masked, packed into these stadiums. You know, obviously they're China, going, yeah. they're still on a zero covid thing. Yeah. Uh, so the the Chinese sports networks are not cutting away to crowd shots when they when they don't show a play on the wow. field. They're only cutting away to the sidelines to the outside of the stadium or to uh, the broadcast booth that's amazing i had no idea i never saw that uh, also a lot of controversy people attempting to wear uh pride t-shirts uh, pride flag paraphernalia into the stadium and uh being turned away uh sure. because uh not a ton of uh, human rights uh, human rights in uh how do you pronounce it brian cutter. some people call it cutter um in all honesty i believe the name is cutter um, though I think most people, Americans do call it Qatar. They um, they put the emphasis on the second syllable, though I believe the proper pronunciation has it on the first. All right. Well, back in this country, Brian, it wouldn't be a week if we didn't have another uh, mass shooting. Uh, this mm. one taking place in uh, a Virginia Walmart on Tuesday. Uh, a gunman uh, who was a current employee of the store opened fire. Uh, killing six people uh, in an attack uh, a couple days before Thanksgiving. Uh, the shooter, uh, who I believe we've got a photo of here. Let me see if... Uh, there we go. Uh, not sure where this photo comes from. Uh, that was a video. That was a video taken by a co-worker um, hours before the actual shooting. All right. So that is... He was... Um, he was a shift manager, so he wasn't necessarily a store manager, but he was a shift manager at the store. I, forget, I don't have his name in front of me. And, if, you know, we do have a policy where we do not name mass shooters. True. Um, we do not want to uh, give them any level of notoriety beyond um, showing a very unflattering angle. Um, but this was a video taken by a coworker hours before the shooting. All right. And in a follow up to last week's uh, mass shooting in Colorado, uh, the suspect, which they released his mugshot and uh, they had said on the news that uh, he got a little bit beat up uh, when uh, other club members were holding him down. Uh, this is his mugshot. Uh, he, he got the shit kicked out of him, which is a beautiful this thing. This picture makes me so happy. This picture makes me so happy because this is a, a, a person that walked into a um, an LGBTQ plus bar um, and decided to go on a shooting rampage. Um, there were no police officers in the venue. Um, there were no armed security guards in the venue um, where, you know, uh, where one would automatically expect a armed gunman to go um, on a rampage. Um, this person killed five people, um, shot a handful more, but in what was truly a sign of courage um, that was not even displayed by the police officers in Uvalde, Texas, this man was immediately ambushed. Excuse me. I don't want to call him a man because of what we're going to talk about soon. This person here that you're looking at right now was ambushed by um, patrons of the bar who were there to have a good time, have a few drinks and get to know some strangers, um, jumped him. Uh, uh, were able to wrestle the gun out of their hands and literally stomped the fucking shit out of this kid's face um, and while they waited for the police to show up. 
Um, he killed five people. And clearly, um, one of the stories I heard was that there was a, um, a, uh, a, a, I don't know what they did for a living. I remember reading it, forgot it. But they were wearing stiletto heels and they literally were standing over him just stomping on his head with their heels. Um, yeah, well, and you can see, I mean, if you look at uh, the face, uh, you can see uh, the imprint of the, the boots on his face mm-hmm. and on the side of his head. I mean, I yeah. wish they, I wish in all honesty, and I say this with a zero regret, you can quote this to any future employer I may have. I wish that those heels had actually penetrated through the skin and had crushed this person's skull to the point where literally brain matter was leaking out and this person died a violent death. And let's uh, point out uh, one of the heroes, uh, ex-military guy that uh, that grabbed the gun and encouraged other people to, to bring the gunman down. Uh, that gentleman on the left is Richard Fierro, uh, co-owner of Ultra Vita Beer Company in Colorado Springs there with his wife. She's the primary owner and brewer. Uh, so many people have gone online to the Ultra Vita Beer Company to support them by buying merchandise, gift cards, things of that nature sure um they accept credit cards which is a, a great thing for merchandise you should always do mm-hmm. that when selling merch so we uh we encourage that we we uh, would say go to ultra vita beer and uh and buy buy some merch off them there janelle doing something nice this week buying a shirt from the brewery good so. that's awesome that's absolutely awesome now one thing that came out and 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 help me try and understand why this was so important it was sure. announced that the colorado shooting suspect is non-binary and when that yes. happened, like everybody like lost their shit on the right. And sure. I'm trying to understand why that is. I will tell you why. Because the narrative of the news and, and people on the left also lost their shit. Because the narrative, what are you are you cleaning out your bowl right now? What's going on <laughs> over there? I'm good. You're good. You sure? Yeah. Um, because this the the narrative of a shooter showing up to a LGBTQ um, bar and shooting up the place immediately becomes, sorry, had to burp, um, a right wing white male who hates gay people wanted to, um, after uh, years of listening to Donald Trump, Fox News and Lauren Boebert, um, wanted to go there and silence um, uh, uh, the gay voice because it was a threat to, to, to greater society. That's the narrative that the left wants to tell. The right wants to tell the narrative that this isn't a, you know, guns kill people, but this is a mental health, you know, tragedy that we're having in America. And we need to do absolutely nothing about gun control while also doing absolutely nothing about mental health. Um, and that suddenly the fact that this person who went in there and went on a shooting spree was non-binary. It fed now this whole new narrative on the right that now people who are non-binary should also be viewed as, um, uh, you know, uh, homicidal maniacs because these are the same people who are dressing up as in drag and, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, threatening our children's future. It's just, I mean, it's its as stupid as I feared it was. I mean, I kind of get it, but it's, uh, you know, it, it kind of takes focus away from the main issue in that we need to figure out how to stop mass shootings, regardless of who's uh, perpetrating them. What I find fa- just fascinating about American society right now is there really seems to have been this narrative that started with Pizzagate that at the time was really a fringe narrative that somehow, you know, um, children are being um, sexually trafficked and we need we need to step in and save them. Um, uh, then, it, if you remember, was it was it Wayfair that was supposedly um, yes. uh, selling children for eighteen thousand dollars with, uh, you know, the, the guys are buying furniture. But this narrative that has really taken hold in social media and I've even seen people that I know. Uh, uh, embrace it, which is, you know, taking a stand against child, you know, pedophiles and taking a stand about, you know, we need to protect the children and, you know, you know, children's sex traffickers are out there and we need to do something about it. But yet there's so little to be talked about people um, 
who show up to shoot up schools and protecting children, you know, by um, enacting gun control just seems to, you know, somehow slip the narrative. But talking big about how you need to stop the children from sexual abuse, you know, seems to be so popular now. Um, it really is almost, uh, you know, has started from the fringe and become so mainstream at this point to sit there and just start posting about how, you know, um, you know, the, the, the pedophiles are out there and we need to, you know, make pedophiles scared again. Um, but yet on a regular basis, people show up to schools and, you know, shoot kids. I saw a post earlier today, I think it was on Facebook, where it was just someone saying, um, you know, don't ever send your kid to school, you know, uh, uh, after a fight without making up. Don't ever send your kid to yeah. school without telling them that you love them. Don't ever yell at them as you are dropping them off at school because, you know, today could be the last day you ever see them. And it was a serious post. Right. It wasn't a... It wasn't know, a mocking. Um, it wasn't anything no. like that. No, it's it's literally what you have to... How you have to live your lives if you have and a the, kid going to school these days. <clears throat> and it was so upsetting to me that, like, we accept school shootings. We accept this as American reality. But somehow, we, as the general American public, are now feeling um, that we should pat ourselves on the back for protecting children against pedophiles. Right. And I guarantee you there's more students that are more kids that are out there that are being affected by gun violence because even the people who are not um, uh, directly affected by it in the sense of um, uh, uh, kids who are, 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 are shot at at their school. But how many schools out there have normalized um you know, uh, uh, gun safety activities right. where, you know, it is, you know, hey, if there's an active shooter, we're going to practice at three o'clock today. And what to do if there's someone shows up to school and starts shooting up the classrooms like right. like the trauma that you are in, in, imposing upon these children of. Yeah. When you go to school, this may be your last day. I never had to worry about that shit. I just would go to school. I My, my biggest worry when I went to school was, a, you know, a spelling test or a teacher saying, oh, it's going to be a pop quiz today. Put your books away because I'm going to test you on how much you did not read in, um, you know, the last two weeks in this book. Um, we had to practice. To we had to practice uh, nuclear bomb drills. And sure. That was because the big we because that was the thing we were going to get the Russians were going to drop a bomb on us. And so apparently uh, huddling down in your locker in kindergarten was going to stop the blast of a nuclear bomb. What was the movie with Jason Robards that we all had to watch our generation oh. about the nuclear bomb going off? Was it the day I know, after I remember something he, like that? Was it the day after? I would like to watch it again and see if it holds up. Yeah, we'll, have to, we'll have to look into that. Um, well, again, it's you know, it's it's these consistent you know political talking points where they 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 say the things that their supporters want to hear, but then they enact nothing about it. Like the big one now, also uh, for the the Republicans taking over the House is you know they want to battle inflation, and apparently um, they're going to uh, they're going to battle inflation uh, via Hunter Biden's laptop. Sure. Well, I mean, like, listen, I'm going to say this. Um, is it possible that Hunter Biden, um, who under the influence of 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 crack. cocaine, apparently he was on crack, um, went out there and made some shady deals to oh, put yeah. some money in his pocket? Without a doubt. Yeah, it's very popular. Um, possible. But, it, you know, um, uh, how the right is going to sit there and go after him while looking the other way when um, uh, uh, Justin Kushner, what was his name? Kushner, uh, Jared, Kushner Jared Kushner got one billion dollars from the Saudis as soon as um, uh, he left the White House. How um, Ivanka and um, Jared now are um, uh, multi, multi, multi hundred millionaires um, compared to where they were before the administration. That, well, let's I mean, just I think look it's, the other it's way safe on that to one. say that there's vast corruption on both sides of the aisle. There always has been. And right. what I find um, absolutely um, stunning and a true sign of politics nowadays is how the left did absolutely nothing about what was going on in the Trump administration in terms of the Trump organization, real estate, um, you know, the uh, uh, what is it when you uh, uh, let a family you give a family member uh, perks because nepotism, uh, nepotism, that's the word. Um, how, how all the nepotism that took place, literally Ivanka was, you know, a senior uh, advisor in a White House. I mean, she was totally uh, wildly unqualified for any kind of political role. 
at the same time, Donald Trump was wildly unqualified <laughs> for a political role. Let's not dwell on that. Right. But it was just the fact of like, you know, the left had no, did absolutely nothing about what the Trump family, how they were profiting. But suddenly the right, this is their biggest um, issue that they want to bring attention to. Well, let's not uh, go off on politics too much. We've been told before we get too political. Let's get through some of these other news stories that we have here. Uh, we have a follow-up story from one that we covered back in 2020. Uh, we covered a story of a Louisiana Catholic priest uh, who had apparently filmed a threesome with two dominatrixes on his church's uh, altar. Um, he has finally uh, gone through the court system for that. Uh, this just gentleman right here, uh, Travis Clark, not looking creepy at all with that smile no. and his uh, his uh, his priest, uh, whatever that outfit is. Uh, so Travis got a three-year suspended prison sentence uh, along with three years of supervised probation and a $1,000 fine. Uh, he Listen, was... I, I'm going to interrupt you right here. All right. You're telling me that that face had a threesome. <laughs> I, I feel there may have been money involved. I gotta believe it. Or it was the fact of the lure of having sex in a church is what brought those women to the table. It's, because it's that very possible. Face- um, one of the uh, one of the women involved, Mindy Dixon, uh, did apparently on the night of the incident brag on social media that she was going to quote defile a uh, house of God. Um, sure. So this is the interesting thing, though. So. Uh, the only reason that uh, they were caught is that a witness peered through the window of the church and saw Clark having sex with the two women in corsets and high-heeled boots. And then police charged them uh, because even though everything was consensual, uh, they were in view of the public. Sure. But through a window, outside. like you, if, you, if sure. you literally have to go walk up to the window and look inside. I mean, again, not that I'm condoning uh, having sex in a church with dominatrixes. No, but, but you it- are. Con- but I, I'm going to come up forward and say I absolutely condone walking down the street and looking through every window you possibly <laughs> come across. Because right. it's possible somebody in there is going to have sex. I mean, I've been told multiple times, stop looking inside my window. Um by various, uh, both men and women. I mean, I am not uh, gender specific, but I love, I mean, I am, uh, what is the phrase for somebody that likes to watch? Uh, voyeur. Um, I am a voyeur. I love looking in, you know, you walk down the street. I love, you know, if you're looking forward in New York City. On the other hand, we're looking down to make sure we don't step in dog poop. But every now and then, if I feel I've got a, you know, safe view for the next couple steps, I'll quickly turn to my right or left to look inside some windows See if I could see some people having sex. I mean, if I walk by a church and and there's a viewable window, I'm checking. Hey, is there a priest in there with two whores um, wearing corsets and um, uh, thigh high stockings? Are they having sex with him? Well, the uh, the altar uh, that they had sex on has since been burned by the church and replaced with a new one. Uh, and Clark has paid restitution to the church in the amount of eight thousand dollars. Wait a second. So he's still in the church? No, no. He's been he's been kicked out. Uh, he was fired, obviously. He's been defrocked. Um, and the, the altar that uh, he had the sex on, uh, the church uh, burned it in the aftermath of his, quote, demonic conduct. What position do you think he was having sex with the women in? I mean, I... All of them, probably. I mean, it sounds like they had a video camera set up. There was sex toys. There was stage lighting. Like, this was a professional video that they were putting together. So what you're and saying is it's somewhere on OnlyFans. Somewhere on OnlyFans. There's got to be video of this out there. You would think. sex with these two women. You would got to be. You got to think there's video out there somewhere. So I, f- I feel Matt like needs I to have, find this. Matt needs I was to find this say, I was going to say, I feel so let down that, that, that how many years after I still have not seen this videotape. Yeah. Uh, jumping over to San Francisco, a police proposal in San Francisco could give cops in the city the ability to kill suspects using remote control robots. Uh, a draft policy that details the controversial proposal states lethal force by robots would be allowed if there was a deadly threat uh, to cops or the public. Good or bad idea, Brian? This makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> I guess the question um, is, is if you have robots that can handle the situation, would you necessarily need to kill anybody? Because that would prevent you from having to put like an officer or the public in harm's way. 
Yeah, but you know, how many times have we seen Teslas get into um, accidents? How many times have we seen these um, these machines not behave in the way that we think they're going to? Right. Now, this is interesting. I, I forgot about this, but back in 2016, I don't you know if you remember the, the guy that killed uh, five police officers and and hold himself up in a parking garage. They actually used a robot back then to kill that suspect. Was this Dallas or Texas that somewhere? Was, that was Dallas. Yes. I do remember this guy. Yeah. He, he he went on a spree aiming for um, police officers. How did they kill him? Or I don't you may not have the article in front of you. Fascinating. Uh, uh, Apparently, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how they killed him with the with the robot. I don't know if the robot was armed, if the robot had an explosive on him, or what it was. But uh, clearly, this is technology that already exists. I feel like we are just getting closer to RoboCop. <laughs> it we're, feels we're that going way. to send machines to do. And the problem with machines is that you know they don't have the um, uh, the ability to see gray. You know, a police officer goes into a store where there's somebody with a knife or a gun and the police officer has the ability to de-escalate the situation or to escalate. Whereas a robot goes in there and only understands zeros and ones shoot and kill or turn well, around. I, I, I don't off. think there, I don't think the, the robot would not be automated. So I guess it, you know, the robot would be guided by a human being. Sure. Ron, you believe that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ron. All righty. Okay. I mean, you know, yeah, just, you just have to hope that's the case. No, there's no way that, I mean, that this is, I mean, that's where they're going. This is just an intermediary step. Well, Brian, <laughs> enough, uh, enough sad stories. Whoa, 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 would you whoa. like, would can you we, like a look? Can we get a video um, uh, uh, of you coughing just now? I feel like. Go back <laughs> and uh, we'll get, we'll get mad on that. Uh, but Brian, yeah. we have a love story, Brian. And I know, you know I know you were romantic at heart. You of, of I am all people. You know me. Um, so a former Alabama high school teacher and coach who resigned sure. after being arrested for having sex with a student is now married to his alleged victim, Brian. Um, I mean, again, uh, the, the tale is old as time. Um, love story. Uh, Tucker was a teacher. Uh, this is Thomas Black Tucker. Um, he uh, he asked the court to lift a restriction barring him from seeing the student this week. Uh, the filing included the wedding certificate stating the pair were married on November 6th. Uh, Tucker was a teacher at East Limestone High School in northern Alabama. Uh, he was arrested back on September 17th and charged with being a school employee who engaged in a sex act with a, a student younger than 19. Um, he has since uh, he has since resigned. Um, do you feel that he's in love or is this just a smart legal strategy um, as he prepares for his court case? Listen, I think that um, it's, you know, however you look at it, this is a very strong move um, on his part from a legal perspective. Um, and at the same time, we have to under we have to ask the um, individual that was the student under 19, um, you know, what's going on in their head. I mean, they, they really are the ones that need to speak up on this. I mean, you feel there's still, even if the kid's not still in school, which is not, uh, it, it is unclear whether the student, whether the, the individual in question is still a student or if this happened a few years back. Uh, but you have to feel there's probably a bit of an age difference there. I would well, honestly, not that much. He doesn't look older than 25. He is 25, exactly, on the nose, my friend. There you go. So what are we talking, a couple years? Um, you know, there's a, you know, um, you know, we, uh, listen, I, I, I know you are um, uh, not one to really go into too many details about your personal life, but I mean, the age difference between you and your wife is, is you know, pretty dramatic. I mean, when people start talking, I mean, I mean, it's you two and a half a man, years. I don't know if that's necessarily dramatic. Listen, two and a half years, you keep lying to the public. I mean, the last time I was down there, we did speak. Um, your wife is 14 years younger than you. <laughs> um, you know, we spoke about this. It, you know, um, she said that, she, you know, um, she was um, working the front desk of a, of a hotel that your company managed. And, you know, um, you know, there absolutely was some type of power dynamic going between the two of you. Um, and it, if I remember correctly, you were about to be Sorry. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. That's hurtful. Very hurtful I when you be, use those I words be, against me. I should be able to go on a tangent. <laughs> Every now I and was, then. 
How is Mrs. Ron doing? She's doing good. You know, I just had a thought. If I retain my 51% ownership, uh, come Which you February, will not. You will not. You will I not. Feel, I feel it. confident that I will. I feel that I will limit your number of tangents per episode. You can't. I feel, you can't I feel that. that might you, be no, something no, no, that I'll no, do no, 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 no. moving forward. No, you can't. You cannot limit my tangents. Because it's right. part of the fun of the show. Brian, here's a sad story that I know People you wanted to cover. Uh, a Canadian, pa- uh, Canadian paramedic uh, treating a car crash victim uh, who was so badly injured she was left unrecognizable later learned that her, parent, uh, that her patient who died from her injuries was her 17-year-old daughter. Uh, sure. EMT Jamie Erickson of Alberta uh, spent over 20 minutes treating the girl who had been trapped in a car following a wreck uh, back on November 15th. Uh, An air ambulance uh, arrived, flying the the wounded teen uh, to Calgary. Uh, But minutes after uh, Erickson arrived home from the scene, uh, she realized, uh, she was informed, I should say, by Royal Canadian Mounted Police officers uh, who revealed the heart-wrenching news that she had been treating her daughter. Am I the only one that finds this story hard to believe? Um, Well, why do you find it hard to believe? Okay, so you're telling me that there is a nurse driving around holding the steering wheel at the tens and twos. She's a paramedic, and not a nurse. Paramedic. You know what? I, you know, it, it, just because she's a paramedic, Ron, I would not, dem- you know, like there's no need to look down on her. Well, no, there's I'm no saying that she to- wasn't just driving around. She responded to a call because she's a paramedic. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Oh, uh, oh, the judge will allow that. <laughs> so you're telling me she shows up to a car, the scene of a car accident, and I'm to believe the following assumptions. Okay. A, the car that was involved in this accident is not a car that she is familiar with. Correct. It was She's a friend's car, sit- actually. And she doesn't know her daughter's friend's car. She's not going to drive up and be know. like, oh... Stacy also has a Nissan Sentra where she's not going to drive up there and be like, oh, you know, my daughter's friend has a Hyundai Elantra or, or whatnot. Um, this is this first off. That's the first assumption. We're going to get past that. All right. Then paramedic gets to the body. And um, what level of um, destruction facially has to happen for a mother to not recognize her own daughter. So I'll, I'll again, I will try and address both of those. As we mentioned, uh, it was uh, a friend driving the car. Apparently, the car was significantly damaged, um, and also uh, her daughter was very badly burned over most of her entire body. Why oh, I, I didn't get I didn't read that she had been burned. Yeah. Why did you read any part of it? Just saying. I read the first couple of paragraphs. You I read didn't the get. To, I didn't read the part. Of it. So then, so what happens is, so she sits there and she, and she doesn't recognize the clothing or the clothing's burned off too. <laughs> I is mean, that to be assumed? Like she's not sitting there being like, oh, you know, my daughter also has that same. Ugly, ugly Christmas sweater. I mean, I, I guess is it so unusual to think that maybe she was so focused on saving the young woman's life that she didn't pick up on on some of these other things? It just feels like a whole a series of assumptions here that this woman does not recognize her own daughter. I find that one very hard. I find this one hard to um, uh, just just blindly accept and move on. All right. I mean, again, you're you are a skeptic at heart, and uh, I, am. I respect that about you. Sure, sure. I mean, when someone says to me, "Hey, you know, I have AIDS," I'm like, "No, you don't." <laughs> Brian, uh, we have some. Uh, what should I call it? We have celebrity obituaries. We've got a few a that we people, wanted yes. to uh, to cover. Did we want to cover Wilco Johnson at all? I don't know who Wilco Johnson is. D minus. Uh, Wilco Johnson, apparent, yeah, D minor. Remember, we used to grade Ah, celebrity deaths. Yep. Okay, so Wilco Johnson was a uh, famous guitar player um, uh, in a band called, let me pull up, a a British band called Dr. Feelgood. Um, In 1976, their album Stupidity went to number one in the UK. We know the British have no sense of, have have no sense of what, what good music is. 
Um, <laughs> and um, but then Johnson left the band a year later. He then joined Ian Drury and the Blockheads um, uh, before releasing his own music, which included an album with Roger Daltrey in 2014. More importantly, and I'm going to say I saw both photos of this person um, that they put up there. Don't recognize him. More importantly, was that he was in Game of Thrones. Oh, I did not realize that. What character he did played, he play? He played the mute executioner Per Ilan Payne in seasons one and two of the HBO series. I didn't recognize him. I didn't remember seeing any photos of him. Um, when they showed the photos, I had no idea who the heck um, we were talking about. Well, I know uh, you knew this individual because you were a huge uh, fan of the movie and TV show fame. Uh, Irene Cara passing away at the age of 63, uh, dying in her uh, her Florida home. Uh, I don't believe that they uh, released a cause of death. Uh, COVID. But, uh, COVID, you think, huh? She said she was in Florida, right? Uh, she was, true. COVID. Fame! So uh, she was... She was initially cast in the 1980 musical uh, and then also earned two Grammy nominations uh, for Best New Artist and Best Pop Vocal Performance. And let's not forget the scene where she went topless. Uh, True. Trejo Lee, Coco. Trejo Lee. What does Trejo Lee mean? (sighs) You don't remember the scene, Brian? The photographer is making her. Oh, that's it. Trejo Lee, Coco. Trejo Lee. Listen, uh, Ron, I've had um, plenty of uh, J-O-M presented to me in life, but that doesn't mean it has burned. It has seared the memory into um, my uh, uh, cerebellum. Um, I do not remember what the uh, uh, photographer said to her. All I right. do remember her him calling her a little bitch because she didn't want to take her top off and she heard crying while looking away from the camera as she took. But I don't remember the specific dialogue. Unless you're going to tell me that you saw, you watched Fame earlier today. I'm going to I did not. You know what it was, Brian? They they always played that audio on the Howard Stern show. And what does that mean? I I don't know. They just would play the audio of that scene from uh, from when she, you know, was being photographed. And then he 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 tells her to, you know, take her top off. And he's like, oh, that's great. It's Treasure Lee. Treasure Lee just means very beautiful. Trey Jolie. Trey Jolie, okay. Coco. Trey Jolie. Uh, she uh, later sang and co-wrote Flashdance, What a Feeling, uh, for the soundtrack very of the pretty. 1983 blockbuster Flashdance, uh, winning her uh, two Grammys in 1984. By the way, I did, you know, I know you were saying it jokingly, but I did watch the TV show Fame. I know um, you did. I remember, I remember there were a couple characters from the movie, like Leroy. I remember he made the jump. Um, from TV show, but he was a teacher, if I remember correctly, um, in the TV show from the movie. I also remember the old white lady who looked like a uh, human raisin with gray hair. Um, (laughs) She was in the movie as like the administrator of the school. I remember she was also on the TV show. But yes, I did watch the TV show with my family. Make fun of me. All you want, people. Also passing away, uh, beloved comedian Freddie Roman, uh, best known for his roasts at the Friars Club and later Comedy Central, passing away at the age of 85 after suffering a heart attack in Boynton Beach, Florida. Sure. Listen, um, you know, I think, you know, you're 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 looking at the last of the greats of the Borscht Belt comedians. Um you know, there you know, there's a generation from the '70s and '80s. Your Seinfelds, your Priors, you know, who really kind of redefined comedy. But there is a generation that preceded them. Freddie Roman was one of the last of the remaining comedians from that age who, who you know, really was there during you know a much more innocent time of stand-up comedy when, um, you know, you really could say anything to right. somebody about any, you know, physical trait about them. And the concept was, I'm trying to make a joke if it's funny, laugh, but it is absolutely not coming from a place of anger or hate. Um, and that's really changed, you know, in modern times. Uh, he was born Fred Kirschenbaum and uh, started his career off when he was just 15 years old. Uh, he was given the opportunity to MC at his uncle and grandfather's Crystal Spring Hotel in the Catskills. There you go. All right. Uh, Brian, we're, we're running up 
towards the end. Anything else you want to cover uh, before we wrap up here tonight? Do you mind telling our um, the people who are watching right now why they should sign up for our Patreon at this so, very moment? Listen, we give you fantastic free content each and every week, uh, but we do ask that you show us some love over on Patreon. Easiest way to get there is go to ronandbrianpodcast.com. Click in the upper right-hand corner uh, because every final Sunday of the month, which this is one, uh, we invite all of our Patreon subscribers at the $10 level or higher onto After Dark to join us. Uh, so we will have our regulars there with us. And we would like you to join us too. Uh, again, $10 per month gets you access to the live After Dark, which starts in about 24 and a half minutes. Um, mm -hmm. If you join right now, we can get you the link uh, before we go live at 930. Uh, there's other levels that you can subscribe at there's some great swag out there maybe we'll throw in lapel pin maybe we'll throw in one of these fancy new brian mugs i mean come on i think this is going to be a hot item it's going to be a stock that, that everyone's going to want in their house uh, but again go to ron and it's the best place to go for all things ron and brian there you go um and and why would what is the incentive for people to sign up for a patreon right now at the bronze or higher level? Uh, I think for the reasons I just said, or is there something else I missed? Listen, it is the fact that you are going to spend the next probably 30 to 60 minutes a pajama party. You're going to once a month in the last Sunday of the month, you are going to spend time on the show. We invite all of our patrons who are at the bronze or higher level to join us. Um, you know, we we've uh, you know, we've played for, you know, several times. Can you beat Ron? But I'm going to tell you something. Ron and I, we you know, we spoke about it earlier this week. We um, you know, we're really enjoying doing the show where we just kind of talk as a roundtable. Um, you know, I think this uh, this month is uh, no different. It should be a lot of fun. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us, as always, for indulging us as we tell always. stories and read the news and just really uh, share the love that can only be found between two men. Uh, anything else before we wrap things up here tonight, Brian? Absolutely not, Ron. You know, I love you and I love everybody watching and listening right now. Um, I appreciate the fact that of, you know, everything that you had um, available, this is what you um, this is how you decided you wanted to spend your last hour um, and, uh, if you're listening live, please join us over on Patreon. Please join us. Um, as little as $5 a month gets you the audio content that of our after dark for free 30 minutes of stories that we do not want, um, you know, out on YouTube or Facebook because they would violate their family standards. Um, and once a month, come on the show, join us. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. All right. Well, I love you too, my friend. Love everyone that joins us here. Uh, we will catch everybody next week. We will catch our Patreon subscribers in about 12 minutes. Uh, sure. 22 minutes. 22. Uh, again, go to ronandbrianpodcast.com if you want to join us. If not, have a great week. Be good to each other. And we will see you next Sunday. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.